Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I've got a fun anecdote. Uh-huh. Oh, you, you saw it. You saw it on Twitter. You liked it. Um, the weirdest thing has happened to me, and I fear oh, it yeah. for my life. Uh-huh. I fear for my life. Uh-huh. So, um, listeners, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you might not have seen this. But um, yesterday, I had an awful thing happen to me. Um, I was sitting blissfully unaware, uh, enjoying my day. And then... I hear a, a, pa- a package come through my letterbox. And I was like, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting anything. Okay, go check this out. I feel the package. This is definitely a DVD. Uh-huh. I was like, fascinating. Okay. And I was thinking, did I buy a DVD? Is somebody sending me one? It's not close to my birthday. It's not close to Christmas. This is, this is strange. Mm-hmm. I open it up and it's a double bill of three men and a baby and three men and a little lady starring Tom Selleck. <laughs> Um, and I have no idea who sent me it, and I still have no idea who sent me it. You know, I, here's here's my theory: Doctor Who is re-premiering again soon, and you know mm-hmm. how in the Weeping Angels episode, David Tennant hides a bunch of secret messages on a bunch of DVDs. <laughs> yes but it's funny you say it. i wonder if that's like subliminally worked into my head because i thought this i was like oh gosh is this like some kind of like snuff film <laughs> um or you know something right. i've not opened it it's still in the cellophane <laughs> it was in my bin for a long period of time uh-huh now i took it out because i thought that's weird right um so it's just sitting there and i don't quite know what to do it's i'm a... worried i'm cursed i'm worried it, it's cursed <laughs> um i hope the curse is just that it keeps coming back to you no matter how many times you throw it away. Like a super not inconvenient at all curse. Yeah, exactly. Just like slight annoyance. Because <laughs> I checked, it was like, there's not really any scams to do with this. Right. Like, so basically someone knows my address and is sending me um, late 80s, early 90s rom-coms. <laughs> um, and i weirdly not okay with it, I, you know? You know, cue, cue the X-Files music. Like... <laughs> <sighs> exactly but hey oh, i've survived so far but i'll, I'll keep you updated you're, you're gonna wake up tomorrow with a with surprise tom Selleck mustache oh oh to and, be honest i'd be happy with that and and a baby that you have to take <laughs> and care a baby of yeah, and a baby <laughs> well that's the thing I, a part of it was like okay is this like a joke okay someone's like making a joke about like having a baby mm-hmm. i was like no 
no, that doesn't make you know, sense. I'm I know, I so. know there is quite a robust um, library of fan fiction about our podcast, but mm, I am mm. really excited to hear <laughs> how people run with what is what's the name of the movie? Two three, three men, men and, and a baby. baby. How yeah. how the three men and a baby Jimmy fan fiction kind of runs. It seems yeah, it seems... like it matches up together. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Maybe I'll be the baby. <laughs> That's good. Will somebody get us another drink? Hello, and welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with vodka and vaudeville. Hey, uh, welcome back. Did you have a nice summer? Uh, it was de- it was delightful and lovely. <laughs> it <was> delicious. <laughs> it was delicious, delightful, and lovely, and delirious, Excellent. and delectable, Dibble, and dilemma, dilemma, del- and lovely again. Yep, I wish Excellent. that song actually said "delemon," and it was just like it's delemon. <laughs> <laughs> just pull lemon out. How about you? How do you get summer? Um, we actually did. We had a heat wave. Ooh. What? How, um, in, in, in metric, how hot was it? Uh, 30 degrees Celsius. 30 degrees. And th- in fact, 32 one day. That's wow. huge. That is. And that was consistent for like a fortnight. So. That's almost 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. That's toasty. I mean, that's w- what the temperature is today in Denver. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> Well, our temperature is very cold, so hooray <laughs> for summer. Back to the podcast. Um, hey, listeners, have you had a nice time? Great. <laughs> Someone answered there. Our new interactive podcast meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The future is now. Yeah, they don't, um, they don't know Google Home's listening. Exactly. Well, that would be quite interesting. <laughs> nope. Um, so... Uh, Hey, before we get started on drinking, you may have seen on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, we did, we attacked all social medias. We attacked um, them. With, yes, <laughs> um, with our musical madness. Dun, 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 sports sting. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Is that good? Good Foley work? Yeah, that was great. I don't even think I need to put anything in there. That's done. <laughs> Um, if you don't follow us on any social media, you may be saying, what on earth are you talking about, James? Well, uh, let me tell you. Number one, never call him James. Number two. <laughs> yeah, only I can call myself James. That's Isn't true. That weird? Number yeah. two, we're, we're doing a, a, a musical bracket. Yeah. So I don't really know anything about how this works or like why it's relevant. Sports! But in March, everyone was doing this. It was all over Instagram. I know you're not an Instagram man, but it was everywhere. I don't know what that is. I did my, um, like, I bracketed out my Pokemon. I bracketed out my favorite drag queens from Drag Race. (laughs) All bases were covered. Bracketing madness. Absolutely. But you know what I didn't bracket, Tommy? What? My musicals. Whoa! Pew, 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 pew! Pew, pew! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, sports. Um... (laughs) So we're going to do that right now. We thought it's about time we gave back in a way. Um, So we are allowing you guys to vote and work together to pick an episode of what we're going to cover on Gem Atomic's musical Theater Happy Hour. And you're going to work together in a vicious competition. (laughs) Hoo-yah! Um... Yeah, so basically, uh, um, so over the next eight days, um, voting will begin on each of the brackets. I can reveal to you 
Can I get a drum roll? Wait, I can do that because of sound and stuff. Hang That's on. true. And you don't you don't want me to go like because I don't know how to do a good drum roll. It's... Well, that was quite. Good. Do you know what that was quite like? Um, helicopter in the distance. Ah, t- instead of a drum roll, let's replace it with an approaching helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> approaching helicopter. <laughs> okay, I can reveal to you that our first. Oh, this is this is tough. I don't even know what to vote. I know. I don't even know what to vote. Our first bracket. Is that what you call it? A bracket? Sure. Sports. <laughs> Sports. Is next to normal versus rent. That versus was really That was really good. You did a good job there. Get me in Super Smash Brothers or something? I don't know. Um, so next to normal, the rent. Dun, dun, oh my dun. gosh, Tommy. That's a tough one. You got to decide. So we're going to put up a Twitter poll, which you'll also probably be able to get to on the website or through yeah. the show notes. And you can vote. Um, voting will be open for one week. That is seven days. Seven whole days. Yes. Um, so get your votes in now now like right now you can and, do that and we've revealed a pairing now and a new pairing will be out tomorrow and then you'll have exactly. seven more days to vote on that one yes indeed so keep checking back make sure to follow us over on twitter because that will be the easiest and fastest way uh and we want to hear we want to hear all your chat like what do you think why should your fave be the next one Tell v- us. vicious cooperative competition <laughs> jock jams Chalk jams. By the way, should we go into the business of podcast naming? Because <laughs> oh, jock jo- jam. Oh no, that's a stolen thing. Oh, there's a piece oh. of Americana you don't know about. You should Google oh, some jock jams later. They're pretty Is great. It anything to do with the strap? Nope. Well, <laughs> probably. Yeah, you know, it's a, we don't have all the time in the world. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's that's gonna be my night. Um. <laughs> Super. And that's how Jimmy was severely disappointed. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's resume normal service. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, wait, no, it should be less sportsy. I don't know. Uh, you can see we fired our editor for this episode. That's not true. We don't have an editor. <laughs> exactly. If you would have fired me. That would be bad. Um, so, hey, T, what are you drinking today? Uh, I'm drinking a cold one around Pa's table with all the union what? members. Excellent. That was good. A cold one. A cold what? I was Milk. trying. I was when we were doing that sports section. I was frantically flipping through the libretto to see if they ever actually reference, <laughs> and I don't think they do. <laughs> so the closest I've got, I think you'll be happy with this. Um, uh-huh. I'm drinking. It's like a weird concoction uh-huh. of um, egg, oatmeal, and juice. Mmm, delicious. I bet you it, you, sa- you save a lot of time with that. I do. I do. It tastes a bit like glue, but I don't mind. <laughs> you know how hard that lyric to sing is. Do you know how hard it is not to say poo? <laughs> oh, I believe that. You know what my my problem was, and this isn't this musical, and this is a terrible thing. But you know the yeah. in Bye Bye Birdie, um, he's a fine uh, da 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 whatever it is mm-hmm. when they're singing, uh, fairly normal American boy, um, mm-hmm. and Dick Van Dyke says, and his hobbies making fudge. Um, <laughs> every time in my brain, I sing packing fudge, which is terrible. Um, but you know, but it has to be done. It has, it has to, to be, be done. done, and it's really funny every exactly. time. Exactly. 
exactly. Um, so what's what's going on? What are we talking about? Not bye bye birdie. <laughs> Definitely not. Not yet. Um, maybe it's in the bracket. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's I can't not. Remember? I don't remember head. either. You <laughs> had a a very personal quiz question about this show for us, Jimmy. I truly did. Okay, it's going to be a, an emotional time for me. So let's hope I get through this. So. In 2008, I fought tooth and nail to get a line in this next show when I was in it. Um, I've mentioned it a couple of times in previous podcasts. The line is... This'll wake them up. The line delivery, ladies and gentlemen. The line delivery. It's stunning. Again, the tears have begun already, actually. What show could it be, Jimmy? It could only be the pajama game. Pajama Game is the game I'm in, and I'm proud to be in the Pajama Game. I love it! I can hardly wait to wake and get to work at eight. Nothing's quite the same as the Pajama Game. Now, on with the show. Excellent. And so now the Pajama Game. It's the Pajama Game. Uh, yeah. I think even before we get into the into the introduction, I need to get this out of the way. There has only been one time in my acting professional career when I have been incapable of taking a director's note that I've mm. received on multiple occasions, and it was during this show, and it refers to the pronunciation of the word pajama. Yep. Which, no matter how hard I try, I cannot make myself say pajama regularly. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously being someone who speaks English properly, um, we we would only just say it pajama. Right. So I think that means you're right. No, it's you say you you say you're closer well, to we the don't long have two different I know, days. you don't have two different A's. And not even in America, but the Chicago A right, is okay. super wide. Pajama. Like pajama. The pajama game. Um, I can't stand it. So get ready for lots of pajamaing. Um, the okay. Pajama Game, music and lyrics by Richard Adler and Jerry Ross, with a little bit of ghostwriting by Frank Lesser. Um, book by George Abbott and Mr. Richard Bissell, who also wrote the novel called Seven and a Half Cents that the musical was based on. Dun, dun, dun. It opened in 1954 and ran yep. for 1,063 performances, which is huge yeah, in absolutely. 54 musical theater numbers. Yeah. Um, and then it was revived again in 2006, not that long ago, mm-hmm. um, with Harry Connick Jr. and the delightful Kelly O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won the Tony Award both for that revival and the original production for Best Musical and was turned it into did. a movie with Doris Day and Carol Haney as Gladys. Who was, uh, yep. Doris Day was not in the stage musical, but Carol was. She was, and she was great. Um, more on that story later. Um, but really... This musical was defined when um, I was in it and when Tommy was in it. It's the only productions people talk about now. So. I think is this this is the only show that we have both <coughs> separately acted in. Yeah, performed in. Performed yeah, definitely. In. Like this we, is our snap. Yeah, like I have crewed shows that you've been in and stuff yeah, like that. I've directed I, shows you've been in, and yeah, yeah right. This um, is it. So it's, it's, it is, holds near and dear to our hearts. Maybe it really is, uh. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah unforgettable really i yeah. mean my part was so huge i played heinzy um <laughs> yeah guess what part i wanted heinzy but it was tricky i was i was 
I was in my first year of university. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to cast an unknown with an emo haircut, where they. I mean, maybe they were going to oh take it a different direction. <laughs> Fun story about that audition. I haven't really thought about that for a while. Um, I so yeah, this is back when I had my black emo hair, which I think is somewhere in the show notes. Uh huh. Um, I think w- I, we should put it back in the show notes, and we'll put it up with a terrible picture of me in great. high school makeup and costume. Yeah. Well, because uh, like I'll I'll be because this was it when it like growing out as well, so it was a little bit almost like brown oh and just long and bad. Um, so there I was like rocking up for this pajama game audition, looking <laughs> ridiculous in my first week of university, um, not having a clue what was going on. Uh, and the director was like, "I actually can't cast you unless you manage to pin your hair back because I can't see your face." Oh no! <laughs> Isn't that bad? And I was thinking, I was like, "This is bloody." University theater. Anyway, I went on to be the head of that company. There so, you go. From the you know, from the smallest of places. My Cinderella story. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. So, Tommy, tell us a little bit about Pajama Game. Oh God. Um, the Pajama Game takes place primarily in and around the Sleep Tight Pajama Factory in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, I have cousins who live in Cedar Rapids, and they say it's the oh, most cool. the most famous uh, piece of fiction about their town is the pajama oh, that's game. Nice. Um, the Sleep Tight Pajama Factory uh, is home to a new superintendent, Sid Sorokin, um, and then a whole cast of characters: Heinze, the timekeeper, and oh, what's the boss's name, Mister Hassler, um, yeah. and the uh, staff, the union, are on the verge of strike because they want a seven and a half cent raise um sid falls in love with babe the female ingenue who's the head of the union but of course their love is forbidden because they're on different sides of this union dispute um heinze's an old abusive drunk and hilarity ensues pretty much pretty much pretty much it yeah um there's weird moments that happen there's but a, they're all great. There's a dream ballet with a talking moose. <clears throat> yep. Well, wait, what? Isn't there a talking moose head on the wall in the dream ballet? It may have been in your production. It was not. We was cut not. it from our production. Hold on. Hold on. I want to find... I'm a, holding. I'll put some hold music. It's in there. It's in there. Act two. It's act two, yeah. yeah. It's um, just after Hernando's. Yeah. I'll Never Be Jealous Again Ballet, part two. Uh, there's a signal from a moose head that a man is approaching. Gladys takes off her robe and curlers, puts on a glamorous negligee, and awaits the arrival of a debonair Frenchman in striped pants. This is Heinz again. They dance around, making foolish love. The moose head lights up again, and she stuffs the Frenchman into her wardrobe closet. I mean, unless this is some, like, use of the word moose head that I don't quite understand. Yeah, like some weird, like, technical stage term. Yeah. Um, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Just when you think this show can't get any weirder, yep. suddenly we have a flashing moose. Yep. Who, <laughs> which would be a great name for, like, a like a rustic dive bar. Yeah, it's, I was just thinking that, the flashing moose. <laughs> yeah, probably there is one in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Probably. Well, should we get into the structure of this show? Let's do it because God knows what's happening. Yeah. 
I guess flashing moose heads aside, um, it is a bit. Yeah, I would I would say there's nothing like the perhaps the dream ballet is one of the more abstract portions of this play. Like there's a linear mm-hmm, story mm-hmm. and things progress from A to B and they make sense. Yes. Um, but we are right in that transitionary period where like everyone's trying to figure out how to make a musical with a cohesive plot, but no one's quite done it yet. And so yep. there's a lot of weird dangling bits in this show. Um, like the core of the plot that the union's going to go on strike and that this, you know, relationship between Sid and Babe is caught in the middle is very real and, you know, could be replicated, but a bunch bunch of the others, like there's a, we go on a union picnic for pretty much no reason. Um, you know, the steam heat happens at the beginning of act two. Exactly. For no Uh, reason. With Gladys. Yeah. For no reason. Um, yeah, there's knife throwing. Yeah, and so part of that, I think, like the I own I only know some of this because I did research for the role. Um, Excellent, yes. But the role of Heinz was very specifically written for Eddie Foy Jr., um, the actor who played him both in the film and the original musical. And if mm-hmm. memory serves, Foy is from a gigantic vaudeville circus family, um, like sibling of twelve. And so, while not a super famous character, he had his shtick. And this show Uh was written for that. Like, the drunkenness and the knife-throwing were very much, like, a thing he already did that they then put into this show because that was his special talent. Hilarious. Yeah. That's so funny. And the, if you ever, I don't, I bet you they're not a company in Scotland, but there's a a company in America called Flying by Foy or Foy Flying. Um, And they're the company you hire when you do Peter Pan to, like, do your rigging at your community theater. And it's, it's that family. Like, they started that company however many years ago as an entertainment oh. company, and now they still exist. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. What, the, the great facts. Right? Great is, facts. Isn't that weird? So, like, there's a lot of that sort of stuff in this show. Like, yeah. hey there, they really wanted to do this fun trick with the replaying voice recorder, and so wrote a song around it. Yeah, um, exactly. It's kind of like a backwards constructed show in a lot of those ways and it's not totally i don't know i was thinking about this on on my drive today when i was listening to it i still wouldn't like i like this show and i wouldn't qualify it as a bad show no no, neither would i i think it's it's just it's like i feel like it's a caper yeah you know i think that's the best it's just like lots of stuff happens all the events are fun um but like you say that thread kind of tying everything together running through the whole show um, that little like lovely vein of fat in your wagyu beef steak mm-hmm. um, is is really there and it's really solid. So yeah. it, you you will always come back to that. Yeah, and so no matter where you are or when you are, you will always have that there to fall back on. Yeah, I, I, I think I yes, I think the thing the thing that bothers me about is, is that the stakes are never terribly high for any of the yeah. events that happen. And, like, we're talking musical theater. Stakes don't have to be that high. But, like, at the end of The Music Man, you're really concerned for Harold Hill's safety. Like, yeah. there are some tension-filled moments at the end of that. There are, you know, some tension-filled moments in Bye Bye Birdie, in some of these contemporaneous exactly. shows. And Well, I guess, like, even Damn Yankees, the other Richard Adler one, yeah. you are worried about, like, is he going to get his life back? Is this all going to go well? Right. And, like... 
I think part of it is since so many earlier or like these kind of mid-century pieces of musical theater are so tied to their love story, but Mm -hmm. the love story in this one is presented non-traditionally. Like we don't have to wait to the finale for them to get their first kiss. Like we end act one with like two, I'm so in love with you songs. Um, And that kind of flips the plot around a bit as far as some of the more yeah, standard bit. plot structures are well i mean like an, an act two <clears throat> excuse me um i guess maybe a bit less on the revival where they added quite a lot more in yeah but originally in act two sid sorokin's hardly there yeah he doesn't sing at you all. know and the, the plot kind of shifts to this the more of the strike plot yeah um i do i i really want I understand why, like, we never get to see earlier drafts of musicals, especially things from the 50s. But even nowadays, like, you know, Disney never talks about the things they cut from their movies because they never want yeah. you to know. Um, but a lot of parts of this show, you know, feel like they made some cuts and some changes here and there that just kind of stuck but that it wasn't intentionally structured. Like, the one that always bothered me, I remember from being in it, um, mm was from uh near in the maybe the third fourth of act one um sid and babe have a love song i don't want to talk small talk um yeah. in pa's kitchen which is it's a great song it's got you know really clever lyrics and it's very it's a very well written love song mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not a you know we kind of end the song and we're like yeah they're in love this is great and then we do like the tiniest little pinky nail of a of a scene like with some progression of the union drama and then sid and babe are back on stage to sing another love duet there once was a man yeah and like nothing uh, it might as well be the next day and they're just like more in love and just need to sing an upbeat (laughs) song about it now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're both great songs and i understand why they exist and i suspect the fact that um i think frank lesser wrote one he of wrote them. the ones was a man um yeah. and so like they want to keep the one like they want to keep that but yep. structure wise you know you want to put put some break time between your your a plot and the rest of the show um, totally and they don't really and like act two has a bunch of those moments too where you're like was there something here that you got rid of or moved around like did you rearrange your index cards after the second preview <laughs> and like decide that that's just the way it was yeah, I yeah, I guess I've never really thought of that because you kind of just gets you get swept up in it. Yeah. Um. But you're right. Like the <clears throat> running from uh once a year day mm-hmm. where it's like we're in love now to small talk where it's like we're still in love and now we're being coy. Right. Um. To there once was a man where it's like still in love and now yeah. we're like well Ray, and we're like having fun with it the, and then they break up right and you never you know what i mean you never get to see like the whole conceit is that they can't be in love because of the union drama um yeah. and there's a little bit of book business about that like the tiniest bit but like yeah. why isn't there a scene where they're like flirting with each other behind everyone's backs in the on the factory floor that would be a great mm-hmm. piece of comedy to include near the end of act 1 before the slowdown mm-hmm. happens like mm-hmm. but it's just not there and it doesn't you know the shows doesn't seem to be lacking for it but i don't know it makes me wonder what what happened 
Yeah, exactly. Was it or did or was it just they just didn't care? Because it's actually quite interesting um reading about it. Mm-hmm. Um uh George Abbott George Abbott, Richard Abbott George Abbott, um in his approach to directing it, mm-hmm. uh was really like, let's push this out, this is a caper, we'll have fun. If anyone mentions anything about motivation or character work, they're fired. Right. Um so I wonder if it was just like we've got all these great songs. Yeah, just run with it. Let's just ram them in. Yeah. Um which is like I, I guess it's it's the fifties, so I'm I'm kind of forgiving it. Right. It's kinda yeah, it just seems because it seems to know, like I come I come back to the intro, which mm. far far as I can tell was modified has been modified in recent versions um okay yeah to be more contemporary musical theater but the intro heinz comes out and direct addresses the audience and says this is a very serious drama it's kind of a problem play it's about capital and labor i wouldn't bother to make such a point of all this except later on if you happen to see a lot of naked women being chased through the woods i don't want you to get the wrong impression this play is full of symbolism. I work for the Sleep Type Pajama Factory in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And it is, you know, it's very Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Like, it's the thing that Lock, Stock, and uh, Little Sally are parodying in yeah. Urinetown. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, like, that's common to this, you know, slightly post-vaudevillian mid-century musical theater thing. Um, yeah. And so it seems like satire in the moment. This is a problem play. It's filled with symbolism. No, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Nothing in this show is symbolic or a metaphor. Yep. Uh, and so, like, where, where's the bit? There is a bit though where he does come in and he's like, "Remember when I told you about symbolism?" Yeah, I think it's back. It's like a punchline at the end. Um, so, oh, you know, drama ensues. Sid finds out that Hassler's been cooking the books, and there's been enough money to give seven and a half cent raise for all this <laughs> time. Runs in, says this at the the strike. Um, you know, Babe says we've won, all is forgiven. Um, uh, Sid and Babe, I think, kiss or smile or whatever. And Heinz <laughs> turns to the audience and says, I told you the show was full of symbolism. Um, and that's when his direct address resumes and he starts commenting on their, like, they kiss and Heinz says, embarrassing, I'll call it. And they're like, so in love. And he says, it'll never last. Um, right. So he does bookend it that way but like that you know is still symbolism if you if you follow like okay let's assume there is no satire here and he's he is saying this is a a show about capital and labor and like is it a you know the communist manifesto about the power of unions to like draw lovers together like i mean maybe but <laughs> if so, I think you're gonna have to dig really deep if that's your if that's your PhD thesis that you're writing yeah. about this show. It's one you you can tell though. There's definitely like a high school somewhere who's like, we're gonna make this uh, like gritty pajama yeah, we're game. We're gonna do the the dark gritty super socialist pajama game. <laughs> exactly, like it, bleak lights, like yeah. bright harsh fluorescent lighting God. while everyone's sewing, sweating. Yeah, they just they they forgot to build a set and just have their cabaret <laughs> set left over from last exactly. year. Exactly, just gonna reuse it. Yeah, get that scaffolding. <laughs> Perfect. It's probably happened. Oh, man. Anyway. Send us pictures if that's your show. Yes, sir. Yeah, anyway, um, the structure but, of the show is weird. It is. It is very, very weird. But I, again, I don't think it's too... It's 
fault because this the songs are so good yeah yeah you know i mean you have such a good time with all of the numbers um and the jokes as well they're good i think the book is great i think some of some of the songs you know oh yeah all i would say 87 percent. yeah i mean i know a new town is a blue town is in your audition book but um is we can't all be there (laughs) exactly it's weird i feel like and obviously we'll get on to talk about this in a bit i feel like a new town is a blue blue town was written in the future and then transported to the past right we were like we're gonna get harry connick jr to sing this one day. yeah I, <laughs> so I, we have to include this i do think it is crazy how appropriate the show ended up being for harry connick jr it's crazy yeah um but yeah more on that more on that later later um do you want to talk about any of these quotes? Because some of these are absolutely my favorite. Oh God the the book the the book for this show has some real weird ones that like um there there I forget who picks up the phone. It I think it's Sid at one point, and he picks uh-huh. up the phone and he goes, "Get it me, Sid. get me, ladies' pants." Um, yep. as in like, please patch me through to the department that makes ladies' pants. And yep. I'm pretty sure this is not a laugh line, like. I also agree because it's not that kind of scene. <laughs> it's not that kind of scene, but it is so funny. But yep. it's not a punchline. It doesn't work in the timing and like the audience kind of like giggles at it and in rehearsal exactly. we absolutely giggled about it. Um But it think about how it works over here. Oh, I'm sure. Because we call pants underwear. That's man. Underwear pants. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so funny. You know. There's one point I think Heinze is talking about like all the the um hanky panky that oh which one is it is it gladys no uh-huh. that gladys, yeah, 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 gladys um i've got gladys and may and mabel all mixed up the entire show um totally but all the hanky panky that gladys isn't getting into um mm-hmm. and drunkenly yells at her dancing on the green jukeboxes and like you know, I, w- I was a studious actor. I did my research into like what this could possibly mean. I have no idea. I, have... I think he just means, um, you know, all those jukeboxes, they bring out the worst in people. Look at Sister Act. <laughs> That's probably it. This right. ter- if this turns into a nun's bar, I'm out of here. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No. And then do you know how many times they talk about ham in this show? Yeah, like a weird amount. A weird amount. It's yeah. my it's one of my favorite throwaway lyrics. What do you think they charge for ham now? And she's rhyming with damn now later. Some of the yeah. rhymes in the show are fantastic, but no one just like, you know, when they're making small talk in the top of their head is like, huh. How much do you think ham costs now? <laughs> <laughs> as if you haven't like been to the shops in the past week, right? Yeah, you know what I mean, or like yeah. as if that's a discussion topic that's going to fill exactly. up your small talk. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um. Funny story about got so a buck ain't worth a damn now. Uh huh. So the the typefacing in our script looked a bit weird. Um, and our director. I mean, I hope he doesn't listen. I don't think he listens to this podcast. Um, actually, I harbour a lot of resentment for him after my <laughs> part debacle. Um, but he thought the line was, got 50 bucks. And he thought it had been typed wrong because SO looked like, he thought it meant 50. Weird. So 
got 50 bucks ain't worth a donut. Like, that doesn't I mean, make sense. You know, what do you think they charge for ham now? Got 50 bucks ain't worth a damn now. That's a fun little, like, surrealist like, examination. Like, man, ham is expensive. I have 50 bucks. Can't buy a ham. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe like a, a musing on the Great Depression. Something like that. Yeah, in the um, 50s. Um, yep, exactly. They were. She's thinking about it in the, right. in the past. Oh, those, um, <laughs> those good old times during the Great Depression. Yeah. Woo! Uh, speaking of ham as well, I, I, I just, when you saw ham, uh, when you typed ham, uh, I just wanted to put this in the show notes just because I don't think it'll be any other singular time. <laughs> you go there. Have you ever heard of pickle surprise? N- no, and I'm scared to ask. Um, I'll just put it in the show notes so you can see. I'm not going to say anymore. Um, but ham features. Ham features in pickle surprise? It does. Excellent. In I'm, a big way. I'm glad I can inflate my knowledge of what i assume is some internet meme uh yeah we're talking like early days viral video awesome yeah it was great hi god i can only the kids will know what it's about the kids only imagine yeah great speaking of speaking of kids (sighs) you ready for this transition do you want to talk about how this went from an r-rated show to a pg-rated show I do. I want to talk about that right now. Here we go. historic, a whirlwind, a cyclone on wheels. It rocks my whole solar plexus. It's bigger than Texas. I just can't tell you how it feels. I only know there once was a woman who loved a man. Loved him enough to cause the Trojan War. They say that nobody ever loved as much as she Hangman loves his rope. More than a dope loves his dope. More than an engine loves his scout. More than a yogurt loves his house. More, 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 more. Plus there's a man who loved a woman. She was the one he slew the dragon for. They say that nobody ever loved as much as he. We should talk about the fact that this went from an R-rated show <laughs> to a PG-rated show. I'm glad you reminded. Did you did you ever have like I had Digimon the television show? Oh on, my god! I know exactly what you're going to say on VHS as a child, and it was like cut from television, and they still yeah. had the like fade to blacks of the commercial, but would still bumper both sides of the commercial with the yep. same line, with the exact same line. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's it's actually. I find it agonizing. Oh, it's terrible. Be like, watch out, they're coming! Fade to black. Watch out, they're coming! Like... Yep, exactly. You don't need it. Yeah. Um, Lazy. So, what's coming? What's coming here? Well, so, so I don't think we quite outlined how salacious this show is. This is actually one of the few shows we did in high school that I remember us getting in trouble for. Um, Really? I know. Um... (laughs) There's drinking. There's lots of threatened violence against women. Um, yes. It's pretty salacious. Um, they don't hide a lot of the sex talk. Um, there's lots of talk of infidelity. Um, 
everyone's cheating on everyone or at least imagining that they are. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of okay with it. Um, all of once a year day is like, today's the day you get to sleep with whoever. Don't tell your wife. Um, it's kind True. of the plot of that song. Um, and like, I don't know what angry parent, you know, us getting in trouble amounts to like one angry parent writing a letter to the administration. Yeah. But it happened. Um, well, there you go. Which is fascinating. And I guess like there's a high chance that Hernando's Hideaway is a sex club. Right. Yes. Although I do kind of enjoy the joke. I enjoy two sets of jokes about that. One is the fact that like um, at the Golden Finger Bowl or any place you go, you'll meet your Uncle Max and everyone you know, and it's this yeah. salacious place. And then by the time they get there, everyone they know is there. Like, exactly. The secret place that no one goes to that everyone goes to. Um, yes, because Phil course number. So come on. But there is another <laughs> uh, thing I like about that that we should totally find and put in the show notes. There's a Broadway backwards performance where uh, a bunch of gay men perform Hernando's Hideaway as if it takes place in a bathhouse. And Excellent. It is so funny. That's um, great. And definitely, you know, Younger eyes turn away. Fair. But hey, you can learn something. (laughs) I don't know. But so, this show, (coughs) super salacious, pretty raunchy, and then they cast Doris Day in the movie. Yes. And this is it. And so I, what I kind of want to know is, um, what came first? Yeah. That's a good question. Was it, was it the PG-30-ifying or was it Doris Day? You know, I would be I would not be surprised if it's at Doris Day's behest. Um, yeah, because she has a like squeaky clean persona. Um, and, she does. You know, if she's gonna be in this, she's got that kind of pull. Um, mm-hmm. But so, if you watch the movie of this and compare it to the libretto, you will be amazed the things that are missing. Um, like, what do you think they charge for ham now? Got so a buck ain't worth a damn now. That line yeah. changes because I don't know what they change ham to, but it's like darn or something. So they need the word to rhyme with darn. Um, wow. Yeah, they cut all the hells. Uh, there's a point where at one point Hassler says, "Not until there's ice in hell, three feet thick," and they change yeah. it till "Not until there's ice in Hades, three feet thick." Like, what a ridiculous change! Um, <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, but they also, in a bigger way, completely rewrote um, Prez's character. He is no mm. longer a you know, womanizer, uh, chaser. There is no her is. Um, yeah. All of the lines in Once a Year Day about like they're heading for that pile of hay, gone. Um, yeah. Tapa Holtebush is it, just running around. Yeah. He might be 92. Right. Who knows? <laughs> but so the ridiculous thing to me about this, the name of the show is The Pajama Game. Yep. And there's a reason MTI's like default logo is a bunch of pajamas hanging on a clothesline. It's the yep. same reason when you do grease, you have to put the car on stage and point at it a lot. Otherwise, it's a song about a penis. Um, yep. If you don't put the pajamas on the poster for the pajama game, the pajama game is a euphemism for sex. Um, yeah, totes. And like, that's, that's the joke. The pajama game is the game I'm in, and I'm proud to be in the pajama game. I love it. I can yeah. hardly wait to wake and get to work at eight. Nothing's quite the same as the pajama game. It's it's a joke about sex. Um yeah. and so like that Yeah, that, the company's called Sleep Tight. Right? Like 
the fact that Doris Day was like, and then I will sign up for this show, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like if, if Donny Osmond went on tour with the Magic Mike kids. Um, like, right. <laughs> it, it is such the most bizarre <laughs> smash up of personas. Yeah, um, of like purity and not. Yeah. yeah. Do they have, do they still keep the ending? Because obviously that, that that's kind of where the punchline Mm-hmm. lands is right at the end when they're doing the um modeling and everyone's talking about i'm grace i'm style i'm comfort you know what i mean like right look how sexy i'm my pajamas and then yeah. sid and babe come out he's topless yeah and she's he you know wearing the top he is um certainly topless in that scene <laughs> but but in those oh what was that um uh like he's in like grandpa pajama pants um Mm -hmm. they're like super high cut um and all the like there is nothing i think that anyone wears in this that could be misconstrued as a negligee um right okay yeah you know in in the the movie at least at least to my eye um it is certainly toned down in its salaciousness um whereas the stage musical it is the exact opposite um yeah and i do i find this interesting of uh shows of this time and it's it's a topic i've been like batting around in my head for a bit that i haven't been able to like quite make cohesive but it does mm-hmm. feel like in the 40s through the 60s there is this like if, if you think about broadway in new york and where it's headed certainly and even where it's coming from from the like yeah. um you know the legit 42nd street um, you know, where the underworld can meet the elite 42nd Street, like yeah. we're gonna see all these showgirls. Then the production code hits Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. so you have a bunch of pre-code movies that are just as saucy as the stage shows of the time. The the code hits and then everything gets dumbed down and you, you mm-hmm. know, no one can mm-hmm. kiss and every we gotta see everyone's hands and all these things. But there is no code and never has been one for broadway and so Mm. you do kind of get some of these musicals that like you know community theaters and high schools perform all the time that were probably a lot more raunchier when originally performed because that's the place you could do it Um, yeah true i mean like matt parker and trey stone talk about uh when they were working on book of mormon that it's like the one place where you can just say whatever you want there's no censor. There's no. There's nothing. Um, yeah. And like Pajama Game is like a really interesting nugget of that because I think it has, in the same way that I think Bye Bye Birdie has a little bit, and certainly like Grease has, um, yeah. lost its edge to the like hands of community theaters across the world. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you actually. Just cause I'm, I'm just thinking of um, Bob Fosse because mm-hmm. obviously he's just an inherently sexy man. Yeah. Um. And a lot of his work does get quite sexual. It even happened a little bit in Damn Yankees. Yeah. Um, Sweet Charity. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right, right out there. Um, so I do agree that there is that kind of um, sort of subversive note that you you can get away with. Right. That's so true. And it's and like, even even mm. something like um, I'm just trying to think more contemporary. Even something like Hairspray. Yeah. The stage show is a lot more closer to like the original John Waters film mm-hmm. than it is to 
the the resultant movie yeah you know, i mean the movie does make it a little bit more uh squeaky clean yeah makes it the it gets a little bouncier um yeah and i, I do true. i do see that subversiveness in musical theater and i think it's a thing that's lost because mm. on our on its surface the musical theater genre like you know what a catchy lyric the radiator's hissing still i need your kissing to keep me yeah. from freezing each night like yeah I got a hot water bottle, but nothing I got will take the place of you holding me tight. Like, mm. that's that's a super sexy lyric. Yep. And is explicit. There's no there's no metaphor there. There's no symbolism. There's imagery, certainly. But, like, if you're dancing fun and singing it, you're not really visualizing it. Especially because, like, the context in which we're singing this song has nothing to do with the lyrics of the song itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, which yeah. you know is weird to me. It, it it is an interesting brand of subversion. I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah, that we've chosen. I feel like we've chosen the right art form here. Oh, of course we have. Clearly, you know what I mean. We can get down and dirty. Yeah, but it does. Yeah, it's it's fun because it's totally not you know what it looks like on the package. Totally, um, and I think as well. I think a lot of people nowadays as well. Um, when they hear or if anyone ever brings up like, oh, we're going to do the pajama game or this person's doing the pajama game. Right. I think people just instantly think like pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing. That? Right. That can't be good. Do you know what I mean? Right. Whereas in actual fact, there's so much there. Yeah. Whereas like, if you said like, I'm doing Chicago, people are like, oh, oh, sexy. You know, Ooh, right. Or cabaret yeah. or something. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's, so the moral of the story is look for the hidden sex. Look for the hidden sex. It's really it. That's the moral. <laughs> that's a moral, right? I think that's a good one. I think we had, you know, da 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 Yep. It's someone's moral anyway. <laughs> um, hey, we almost had a segue, and I, I think I kind of spoiled it. Uh, um, was it about Bob Fosse and Steam Heat? It was. Do you want to talk about him? <laughs> Always. Let's do it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. I got steam heat. I got steam heat. I got steam heat. But I need your love. Well, here we are. This is the first uh, Bob Fosse choreographed show. Really? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, We've never show. talked a Fosse. No, no, we have. Oh, many I times. Was but as in, in, in the real world, uh, um, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 the yes. canon of this podcast. Uh, yeah. So 
this is this is right at the start. Um, prior to this, Balfour obviously was a dancer and an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think it was Jerry Robbins that got him this gig. I think. Um, and this was it. This was the start. Uh, and there's some really obviously because it's the start. There's some really interesting stories that come through, particularly about Bob Fosse and Jerry Robbins. Mm-hmm. Now, this might because I know you hate Jerry Robbins. I don't hate Jerry Robbins. Okay, as as a person, you hate him. As a person, I don't like him. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Like I'm trying to tone down how my opinions of artists affect my opinions of their art. Based okay. on some comments I've gotten from people close to me about my hatred of Andrew Lloyd Webber and how it affects my opinion of Evita. But hilarious. That's, that's for good. Show. I'm glad that you're working through that because <laughs> were those comments from me? No. Um, <laughs> well, maybe. From, from, from multiple angles, let's say. That's fair. That's totally fair. Well, um, well, Jerry Robbins, if you like Bob Fosse, he looks like the best angel in the world. There's so many nice little stories that come out of this. Mm-hmm. So, um, Aside from like helping him out and kind of mentoring him right at the start, um, when they got to work, uh, I think the f- one of the first things they worked on was Seven and a Half Cents. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fosse kind of choreographed it with them just really standing there. Um, and then they were like, maybe we should get Jerry in on this one. Mm-hmm. So Jerry came on and choreographed it and brought it together and looked at shapes and looked at character moments mm-hmm. all of these things um that really uh, just kind of left Fosse and all and he worked with Fosse um during small talk and kind of showing him how to uh you know tell a story mm-hmm. through the choreography as opposed to just making it look good yeah um so you know Jerry like he brought in a a newspaper into small talk and he made it like a bit of a cat and mouse mm-hmm. game thing and instantly you've got that story there right um and so Bob Foster took that forward um and there were a lot there were lots and lots of moments and you know like Jerry Robbins fought for steam heat to be in the show because he knew that Fosse had worked so hard on it mm-hmm. um after the show was up and running uh and you know Fosse got all these amazing reviews mm-hmm. uh Jerry Robbins gave him his uh like these gold cufflinks Aww. how nice is that That's really sweet. and then to continue the niceness uh-huh. um after mm, I can't remember what the show was after Jerry Robbins's next choreographing gig mm-hmm. um Fosse gave them him back Aww. And then they like swap them each in their shows. How nice is that? That's sweet. Or so, they just both hated the cufflinks. And they just, just really to... didn't want them. Yeah. <laughs> we're just um, trying to be polite. Exactly. No, we're going to go with a nice story. <laughs> um, so it's really nice. But yeah, so um, Steam Heat in particular. I mean, yeah. holy moly. I think that's the reason why Pajama Game exists. Still. I know. <laughs> I think it's the, one of the huge reasons why people do this show, which is... Yeah bizarre yeah you know yeah totally because it is it's like it's iconic i guess i guess it's probably getting less and less iconic yeah to be honest yeah um as you know that kind of choreography and that kind of yeah i guess dance style is going out of fashion yeah well I, um, that is an interesting comment you have because i think the pajama game marks a big transition in the choreography world in no small part totally. because it's Fosse's first show. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but like by by my back of the napkin count this is the last show with a dream ballet it's definitely or one at of least them. trailing um yeah 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 because there's like others that you could argue like are dream ballets right, i guess but are more you know? written into and the other difficult thing is a lot of licensing companies are now writing the dream ballets out of their published materials yeah um, totally which is frustrating from a historian's perspective um for sure it's ridiculous but you do like the previous justification for a dream ballet was like your musical theater is a light art form and so you need some some heavy art to like justify yourself as a, a piece and certainly yeah. the dream ballet and the pajama game there's nothing heavy about it um no. but then seeing steam heat come in which like storytelling wise is probably about as appropriate as a dream ballet um yeah like super detached from the plot just kind of there to show off some fun choreography and mm. suddenly there's a new way to infuse that kind of high art quote-unquote into your show yeah yeah, totally. Um, so originally it wasn't in it wasn't in the show at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they wanted to give Fosse a moment to do his thing, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he went. I think he went to Richard Adler, being like, "What do you have for me?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "I've got something, but I don't like it." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, but what is it?" And he's like, "Well, it's this kind of like, uh." vaudeville kind of number of us who just said i'll have it yeah like, give me it of course um and it started off as a full chorus number and mm-hmm. then it's got split into there was a singers group and a dancers group and then it just got brought down to the three dancers yeah that, that we have now um and and from it he's just crafted gold and apparently it was like um carol haney said that it was like instant mm-hmm. uh they just they just loved doing that choreography and that's it like in many ways even though it was one of his first Mm-hmm. big moments yeah it's like the purest fossey yeah absolutely like it, of it all t- do you know what i mean it defined his style for sure it's, it's got everything there that you you could want um yeah. and it is so fresh and i think that's the thing so these dancers were just like oh my gosh this is ex- this is really exciting right um and the audience responded it uh, responded to it as such uh but i think it's it's interesting like comparing it to the dream ballets mm-hmm. uh because um George Abbott was going to cut it mm-hmm. uh, in previews just because it, it doesn't drive the because plot along. It, like on paper, it deserves to be cut. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, it, to be honest, on paper, it doesn't actually make any sense. No. Like, why is Gladys, yeah. like a c- close personal friend to like the boss of the company and all these people who are against the union, right. performing a G up number in a union rally? Yeah. And it doesn't. Like the union rally is just kind of a wrapper to incorporate it in. At least in the 2006 revival, they put in a little bit of like seven and a half cents. Like, yeah, exactly. Some and lyrics they, they relate to the Gladys. plot, and they switch Gladys, which makes more sense. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. But it, like, <laughs> on it. paper, no sense. You could totally. cut it and never miss it, except then you'd be doing the pajama game without Steam Heat, one of its most iconic numbers. Which is just boring. Yeah, exactly. You t- you, and you, you, that's the thing is you would you would miss it. Yeah. Because you'd be like, ah, that, that show's all right. But it's because it's that big opener mm-hmm. to Act 2. Um, and I think that's the thing. It kind of gets away with it because it is right at the start of Act 2. It's almost like you're, welcome yeah. back, yeah. have a seat, you sit, get settled. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it really... 
you know, we've talked about this before in terms of structuring your show, mm-hmm. but that opener to act two is really important because you have to get the audience back from this break that they were enjoying. Yeah. You have to bring them right back in. Yeah. And so there's kind of nothing better than smacking them across the face yeah. with some kick-ass choreography. Yeah, which makes sense. I do think the like the bookends of the acts of this show are mm. all have this show has some of the most flawed bookends in <laughs> traditional musical theater structure. Like yeah, totally. direct address to the audience with a down tempo vaudevillian slow number as the opener. Yeah. The, the pajama game is the game I'm in, right? One person, let her go. Yep. And then let her go gets a little more exciting. And then but then we're in like exposition scene land. Hurry up. Totally. And that's better, but still it takes us a minute to get there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ending of Act One. This is one of the few shows that doesn't end with a song uh, at the end of Act One. Um, yeah. It ends with a bum 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 bum, and then the you know after the explosion and the the slowdown bit, um, which I guess that's also structure wise hard to end Act One with literally an intentionally down tempo number. Um, yeah, exactly. And then you start Act Two with Steam Heat, one of the most <laughs> upbeat numbers in the show, but entirely disjointed from the plot. Totally. Um, and then the ending, I think, is the one piece that lands because we do just kind of, like every piece of musical theater, eventually everyone can just kind of come out and just start singing and we'll all be okay with it. Like musicals can get away with that. Yeah, but it's also the weirdest finale ever. Yeah. It, do you know what I mean? It's a reprise of like, like something that was sung, I, I obviously right at the start, but it's as if it's just like, Everyone like the semi unison. Yeah, it's like tune in next week for the next episode <laughs> yeah. of the Pajama Game. It is. It's like there should be like credits underscoring it. Right. Yeah. Like the nothing. Oh yeah. Da, 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 da. I love Lucy. Bum. Co co stars. Like. Yeah. Exactly. Really, really weird. Yeah. And so then, how strange that Steam Heat, probably the strongest of all four of those moments, yeah. is still so disconnected. Is so disconnected. Um, but maybe that's it. Maybe they're just, by that point in the show, they're just accepting it. They're like, this is a strange show. Right. We're going to go with it. This just looks great. Like, it got standing ovations. Yeah. And and you know still I mean? did really well in the 2006 revival for, like, a contemporary audience. Um, totally. You know, it is one of those, like, uh, in How to Succeed, Brotherhood of Man does it better. Um, mm-hmm. But... It's still, you know, you're th- three quarters of the way through Brotherhood of Man, and you're like, why are we, why are we, why are we still dancing? Why is she standing on a table? Yeah. Like, this is just fun. Like, we're not. Yeah. The plot's gone. This is just so you can have a big production number. Yeah, totally. They just put it at the beginning of Act Two. Yeah. Instead. Um. But yeah, it's it just as as a fussy moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was it was probably the thing that got me hooked. Yeah. To be honest, TBH. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, that's not true. That's yeah. not true at all. It was cabaret, but it <laughs> continually got me hooked. <laughs> I think. I think one of the things I find interesting is like there's there's an alternative universe, Jimmy, where like the thing that got you hooked was the choreography for Hernando's Hideaway. Like that. Mm. That's the moment where like if we if Steam Heat got cut and Fosse needed another location to showcase his choreography. Yeah, that's Hernando's Hideaway. I disagree. Um, I think it's the head grab wiggle in Once a Year Day. It's so weird. Look it up. It's weird. It's really weird. That the end of that. But it's enthralling. The, the end of that number two, where 
out. It's like da 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 da. Bump. What? There's two women performing fellatio rolling down a hill. Like, yes, but also yeah. it's got one of those. Uh, it's a thing I hate when musical theater does. Like, don't don't give your audience the clap now button if you don't want them to clap yet. Yes. And as written, it's like it goes dead silent, and then there's like a psych out, and it goes. And like, don't do that. Cut that. You don't need that. It's not funny. People are going to be clapping already. They're going to miss whatever bit you're doing right then. But then they wouldn't get an opportunity to do the head wiggle shake again. So, uh, is that a thing you try to incorporate into all of your choreography? I think you should. It is. Uh, there, it's everywhere. everywhere. I have actually used it before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just weird. It's great. It's, yeah. But again, iconic fussy moments. True. Iconic fussy moments. <sighs> My life is an iconic process. <laughs> <laughs> secluded place, place where no one knows your face, a glass of wine, a vast embrace is called, all you see are silhouettes, all you hear are castanets, you know you never know, but know how late it gets, now that, we did this in high school, um, with a really dedicated props crew, and they had to, I mean, not buy, but procure, period, looking beer empty out the beer recap the beer like fill it with water and recap the beer every night for that scene um is a weird thing as like a 17 18 year old backstage that on the prop table were just a bunch of like fake bottles of beer why were you being so authentic because they'd open beers in that scene and you know what are you gonna do you just mime just, just mime that opening. No. Okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why would you mind? Seems like that? a lot of trouble. It's, it's theater, Jimmy. It's realism. This is the. It is realism. The it's symbolism of, of naturalism. Um, Truly. So the revival. Harry Connick Jr. and uh, that other lady. Kelly O'Hara. Kelly O'Hara. <laughs> I fucking dare you. I could picture her in her mind too, and I was like, "Oh That's no, great. there it goes." Um, no, she's the best. Um, yeah, exactly. Harry Connick Jr. and Kelly O'Hara. Um, really, it's just Harry Connick Jr. and Cole. Yeah, basically. Uh, this is the recording to listen to if you haven't listened to a recording of this yet. Um, yes, yes, that's fair to which say. Which is so strange because the previous, like, I can't tell you offhand the men who played Sid before. It doesn't matter. They didn't do no. a good job. They don't sing well. I kind of fast forward through their numbers in my mind when I think yeah. about the show. But Harry Connick Jr. knocks those numbers out of the park. Um, Absolutely. Like... Um, I think my only exposure to Harry Connick Jr. This is weird. Uh-huh. Um, was Will and Grace? I was gonna guess Will and Grace. <laughs> okay, I don't know what else he's done. Um, and you know, like he, he's great and he's he's like oddly sexy and and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's 
sensational casting for this role. Yeah. And is sensational. You know, he is a brilliant jazz musician and they take advantage of it fully in this show. Um, Totally. It's why I wrote um, somewhere in here that Hernando's Hideaway is the balaga of the pajama game because when they cast a big name in the role, they extended the song to include a piano solo in this case to like make more time for their leading man to spend time on stage doing a fun music thing. Um, In the same way that in Balaga, there's like an extra bit right in the middle where Josh Groban gets to sing a whole bunch. Yep. And yeah, Lucas gets to play his violin. Everyone's happy. And it's a big, like never ending act two party number. Yeah. That's so true. I'm yeah. into that as a comparison. I, and it also makes no sense. <laughs> oh, I love. I can I tell you how much I adore the number Hernando's Hideaway. It was Tell me. What, I love it. I'll tell you. <laughs> that was a quote from the show and you oh, missed it. Ah. What a woman. I'll tell you. What do you think they charge for ham now? Um <laughs> get pa to put a new light bucks? switch I don't in. Did they rhyme light switch in and um Bitch in. No, I don't actually remember what they rhyme. Kitchen. Over. Yeah, Probably they, is kitchen. Yeah, it is kitchen. Um, the, one of these days, I'll clean the kitchen. I think it's paint the kitchen. I hope it's not one of these <laughs> days I'll clean the kitchen. She's manky. <laughs> Babe is manky. I love, I think Hernando's Hideaway is one of the Do best. Do you have that word manky? Sorry. Manky? Yeah. Like the Pokemon? No, like being. <laughs> I mean, yes, like the Pokemon, but like the word. Like dingy and smelly and gross. I could yeah. extrapolate what it meant. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. Um, no, I think Hernando's Sorry. Hideaway is one of the funniest conceits of a musical theater song. Like, <laughs> underrated funniest. Um, Absolutely. I mean, it is defined by um, the lines, but if you're sitting close and making love to me, you may take my heart, you may take my soul, but not my key. <laughs> just br- It's just brilliant. Oh, it's so great. Like, to, to this day, because I had wonderful <sighs> stage parents who came to see this show, I think... Mm-hmm five times um some sometimes when i'm at home and like we can't decide where we want to go out to eat on a certain night my mother will still go do you want to go to hernando's hideaway ole um and just thinks it's the funniest thing in the world because it is it is the funniest thing in the world so funny like even the like hernando hernando hernando's hideaway not Fernando's hideaway, not Hernandez hard hideaway, Hernando. Why is that weird? That's a name. Is it? Have you not watched Sensate? I guess I haven't. I don't know. <laughs> That's it's my just, only Hernando reference, but there is, yeah. It just, Hernando. It's like the whole song sounds funny. It's, it is funny. It, it, and it's just, it's just odd and silly because the whole, the whole kind of premise of it is yeah. said as trying to flirt with Gladys right. in order to steal the key. And then gets roped into this ridiculous night. Exactly. And she's well aware of it. Yeah. But, you know, she's like, you won't get... It's just... It's silly. Yeah. It's so, it's so silly. silly. And also it's pitch black. Yep. And they like the matches. Oh, it's so... It's great. You know? It is, um, it, it is one of the biggest disappointments of my high school acting t- career that this was one of the two scenes that Heinz is not in. One of the two musical numbers. Sorry. Yeah, very sad. You get lots of other things. I get though. plenty Tell of other things. Tell you what you stuff. don't get. What? You don't get the line. This'll wake them up. 
So, uh, yeah. we were talking about the revival, and I did want. To Sorry, talk, I think we were actually talk yeah. about the the kind of loosey goosey uh, songs they add and remove from this. Yes, which is interesting. Very weird. And MTI still doesn't. We did this show after the Harry Connick revival closed. Has to be soon after. Um, but I was wait. When did you do it? My senior year of high school was that two thousand and. March of 2008? When did you do it? Oh my god. February 2008. No way. No, 2009. Uh, Uh, Yeah, that would make sense. uh, Yeah. I think 2008. I'm bad at dates. Yeah. Could could we just pretend? (laughs) I will will say um, the my birthday is in March and Mm -hmm. I have spent my entire life doing musicals on my birthday from high school onward just because everyone does musicals in the early spring um of course and my senior year of high school i had one of the starring roles in the high school musical and our closing night was on my birthday Uh, so much fun but this is what dreams are made of all that to say in the mti licensed version they don't include the three of us um which not that Heinze needs another song in Act Two. I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the three of us replaces the Dream Ballet in the it, 2006 it revival. Um, yeah, and it's like he he is mildly drunk and seeing three versions of himself, and the three of us have fallen in love, me, myself, and I. And it wasn't written yeah. for the show; it was written as a, a charm piece for some famous singer whose name I'm not going to remember. But um, yes. Jimmy yes. Durante? No. Yeah, Jimmy Durante. Yeah. Good job. Did you pull that one out? Thanks. Um, Thanks. But so that's I'm not included. That. The world around us is not included, which gives um, uh, basically Harry Connick Jr. a song in Act 2, because otherwise yes. he doesn't have one. Um, and I think that is genuinely just the reason. Yeah. Um, and then If You Win, You Lose was cut early on and replaced with the much better revival of um hey there by babe which is a great it's a great pairing moment um but in doing that they cut all of sid's act two songs yep which is not great no i mean it is it's a strange choice that that happened because he is your leading male yeah and then just to not include him. Yeah, it is. I do. And I mean, maybe this is more of a structure question. Um, but like, it does kind of seem in early writing that. Okay. I've already telegraphed this, so I feel bad that I can't ask the question without mm-hmm. any telegraphing. But who do you think the protagonist of this show is? I mean, Sid and Babe combined? Like... I feel like it's a show that's fighting for Babe to be the protagonist, but because yeah. we live in the chauvinistic male-dominated world, it can't quite get there. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, totally. Because she doesn't... You don't see enough Babe. Right. Although you do kind you do. of with her and, dad. And and she's the one who's like, we can't be in love. We can't be in love until you do something about this union. Um, yeah, that's true. Where she's and the, admittedly... Babe wins. Yeah, Babe wins in this. Um, you know, there's still some of the like by by no means we're still seeing a female character written by men. Just watch mm-hmm. I'm not at all in love. Great song, but like <laughs> doesn't give her a lot of agency. Um yep. you know, but she, like 
she is torn with her love and her professional duties and these sorts of things and you know grows to be this bigger character sid still solves the problem um which is perhaps where it gets you know confusing and crossed and i you know this is by no means a a feminist anthem i don't think any show with a (laughs) with a drunken accusatory husband running around throwing knives yeah i don't think any show with her is yeah (laughs) yeah no i i I don't i don't think about rape we're there yet um but it isn't i think an interesting you know mental game to play who is the protagonist babe or sid um yeah and if you go by my terrible theater history and college professors um statement that you can only have one protagonist and you can't bend the rules because the rules mm-hmm. are there for a reason and mm-hmm. have to choose one protagonist who do you choose i'd yeah i'd want it to be babe just because i love babe yeah babe i don't really like sid no sid's sid's such a nothing Sid really Such a is man. like Harry Connick makes something out of that character, but as written, like a new town is a blue town. Like one, that song just has no content at all. Um, yeah, exactly. Like he's literally talking about like dominating the town and making a name for himself, right? And, and it, just abandons that idea altogether. It, and like none of the show has anything to do with the town. Um, and like this is a song. That could literally be put, like Harold Hill could sing this song in the Music Man. Like pretty much any uh, stranger comes to town protagonist could sing totally. this song at the beginning of their musical, and it would make totally sense. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. You know, like he is such a such a nothing, um, which is sad because this show's good. Yeah, it is, and I know I would say like. Um, he has nothing, but it's it's better because I feel like now that I'm kind of talking through this a bit more. Yeah, I feel like Babe isn't a nothing. Like Babe right. does have quite a lot of moments. Like I really like the scenes with her dad. Oh, I love them. I think they make the show. They're really nice. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's not often you get to see uh, a female because the thing is, is like seven and a half cents mm-hmm. is got nothing to do with Sid. Yeah. In love. It's just about fighting for what's right. Yeah. Um and it's quite nice that she has that moment. Yeah. You know? And there there is um, like there's an undercut of like the working woman and like you gotta earn your wage, you know. Yeah. And she's the head of the grievance committee. And like uh, you know, her introduction, like her being like, I'm the grievance committee, and I'm being like, Oh right. that's quite that's quite nice. That is a bit of a like I'm a strong woman. What are you going to say about that, mate? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love Babe. Yeah. Just having to think about that now. That's, yeah, she's a, she's quite a strong character. And that, to have, to have that kind of flipped around, mm-hmm. that your leading man mm. is the nothingy one that doesn't right. have any depth. And your female one is the one who has a bit more, a bit more grit. That's quite nice. Yeah. Especially for the 50s. Um, especially for the 50s absolutely yeah you know certainly not discrediting her is and all of Heidi's <laughs> character plot um can i tell you in high school uh her is uh prez and who is it is it may um, may yeah 
They're the ones that end up together. Yeah. Yep, they were cousins. Um, oh, great. No, wait. Tremendous. Maybe, maybe Prez and Gladys were cousins. They're still Prez. Well, they sing, still they they do the first hurries. Yeah, Prez sings hurries a couple times, um, which was not great <laughs> and very funny. Um, yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, real weird. Kind of creepy. They did a great job. Um, Whatever happens in Cedar Rapids stays in Cedar Rapids. That's why I always say <laughs> that's their town slogan. Actually, but really, <laughs> yeah. what it, once you drive through, you can never leave. Exactly. I like the. I get the feeling. It's probably not, but just for the name, I'm getting like a Twin Peaks vibe from it. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. I mean, maybe. Oh not my god, is like, that what it's like? Maybe not like character wise, but like. All oh, right. Yeah. Not. It doesn't have a portal to another dimension in it. I'm not right. saying that. But is yeah. it like that kind of wooded? Yeah, that's that's a good like general Iowa backdrop to kind of picture. Um, oh. I don't know. I don't think Twin Peaks is actually in Iowa. Um, no, I don't think it is. That kind of midwesterny bit. Yeah, Iowa's a whole lot of nothing but plenty of forests. Okay. Okay, great. Also, I just want to look up where Twin Peaks. Also, is plenty of farms and plenty of other stuff. You know, the U.S. is huge. Yeah. Uh... And I believe Washington. Washington. All right. I believe Cedar Rapids, Iowa is also home to America's largest truck stop. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm dumbfounded. I know. Isn't that amazing? I might be. Quite frankly. Yeah. It's uh, in Cedar Rapids. I've been there. It's gigantic. It's the. City of Five Seasons. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you remind me, I'll, I'll send you a picture we can put in the show notes of um, me sitting in a truck at the world's largest truck at stop. At the world's largest truck stop. In Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Wow. I know. How big are we talking? Uh, <laughs> What's a truck stop? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a semi-truck? Can you picture that? I, I imagine yeah. that's actually... Like, a, like, a, like the front of a semi-truck. No, what's a truck stop? Oh, this is an American thing. This is one of those things that, like, you don't even know that you don't know. Um, Because America is filled with gigantic long roads with nothing in between them, um, sometimes in remote locations, they'll build places for truckers to park their trucks overnight so they can sleep and have a shower and have some food. Um, Like, imagine if you took, like, the concept of of a, you know, old country western outpost back when we needed to travel by wagon and yeah. extrapolated that into 2018 with bathrooms and trucks and cool. not a lot of them okay great yeah. what do they like name it like its own little city no i mean sometimes they're near cities too but it's like they've got big that's right off the highway you can pull your okay. semi in and get out i I am not amazed, but I'm delighted that we've discovered that you don't know what a truck stop is. Well, I guess, like, we have motorway service stations. <laughs> but, but you can drive the length of the UK in a day. Oh, that's such the difference between, like, in America, we call it a truck stop. Truck stop! And in Britain, you call it a motorway service motorway station. Motorway service station. Yeah, and you'll get, like, there'll be, like, a garage there. Yeah, um, like you can gas up and yeah, grab and some McDonald's. Yeah, okay, it's the same thing. Yeah, except there are like, man, you probably, have you ever seen a sign driving that tells you how many miles until the next gas station? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but we would call it 
services. Yes. And would you call it a petrol station? Uh, well, yes, we would call it that or a garage. Or a... But those are different. It doesn't no, have I to. I know. I know. Uh, tricky, isn't anyway, it? It's tricky we're, being we're, British. We are. We are now three degrees away from the. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I actually, I actually don't know how we got here. So, <laughs> winding back, Harry Connick Jr. was great. Yep. And Babe is the best. And Babe is the best. And there's a giant truck stop in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Exactly. Which I think this is. That's where it's set. It is. The pajama, the pajama factory is right in the middle. Yes. It's That's where they have in, once a year day. They actually had to tear down the pajama factory. That's the other thing. Maybe this will be what we can close on. But like... Yeah, okay. A thing I think about when choosing uh, plays for high school to do, um, a lot of plays that are appropriate <sighs> for high school start with the maid on the phone. Um, mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. a super easy exposition line in every farce you've ever heard. Like, oh no, the master's out. What? You haven't heard? Well, she's coming this afternoon. Um, but the whole conceit of that no longer makes sense now that we have cell phones. You wouldn't call the house, accidentally get the maid, and have everything explained to you, right? Yes, uh-huh. The concept of a bunch of seamstresses Working at a pajama factory, having yeah. a union dispute over seven and a half cents in like 15 years is going to be something like I would have to explain to children. Um, yeah, totally. They're going to be like, what's a seamstress? Right. What's what's a what's a handmade pajama factory in the in middle America? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. You know, it is. That's so true. It is interesting to see these things. Like, I was thinking about it specifically in this show. One of the things they can buy in seven and a half cents is um, not to mention a Scrabble board with letters made of gold. Um, and they're really lucky that Scrabble still exists. Um, totally. It's like one of those handful after handful of Doritos lines that, like, yeah, yeah. is immediately going to date a show once that thing doesn't exist anymore. Um, yeah. But, like, somehow Scrabble made it out. And what is that, a 40 inch television set? Yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> but to be honest, it wasn't that long ago when that was big. That's true. That's true. You know? A 40 inch wouldn't be too small nowadays. Yeah, that'd be like a standard, what, student accommodation, you yeah. know? I do think the uh, one of them is a charge account at the corner bar. That's not, that's. I don't know what that is. That's yeah. gone. Yeah. It'd be like opening a permanent tab at the bar around the corner. Aha. Uh-huh. You know, a charge account before we had credit cards where you just had like credit at a place. Oh, okay, yeah. See, it's already like six things deep into having to explain what it is. And it's yep. such a throwaway line, who cares? Um Yep. An automatic washing machine though. <laughs> that was great. I, for for that line, uh-huh. we did one of those like uh I'm doing it for you here. Yeah, this is great I, I podcasting. Know. Jimmy's doing yeah. choreography right now. <laughs> like uh, a human tumble we we called it wash the dishes dry the dishes tumble the dishes over in the playground <laughs> when we did it but we did that don't know what that is but that's real funny yep <laughs> look it up i don't know it I might don't not know. exist yep um so that's what we did for an automatic washing machine mm-hmm. so what'd you do for a year supply of gasoline i actually think it was maiming your car <laughs> So that's good, isn't it? That is good. Um, the person who choreographed that now runs a musical theater school. Oh, hey. From, Scotland, so from humble beginnings. 
Absolutely. We were the people who got him started <laughs> in Edinburgh. So that's nice. The Pajama Game. The Pajama Game is the game we're in, and we're proud to be in the Pajama Game. We love it. Adding Another to the... funny story about that. Uh-huh. Sorry, before we leave. Yeah. Um, We got to taking... This is never really fun for other people, like, show private jokes. Uh-huh. But we used to always just sing, the pajama game is the pajama game. <laughs> and we're proud to be in the pajama game, pajamas. I love that specific kind of joke is a joke that I make <laughs> with my friends all the time. You know, um, the the Christmas song, Silver Bells. <laughs> yes. The opening to that where it starts I'm with already City Sidewalks. You can just sing City Sidewalks through the entire song. <laughs> yeah. City Sidewalks, City Sidewalks, City Sidewalks, City Sidewalks, City Sidewalks, City Sidewalks, City Sidewalks. It's very funny. That's it. <laughs> or like you the it's one I've done before, but you know you can sing do you know what Buffalo Wild Wings is? I've heard you sing that at the start of one of your videos. It is a Buffalo Wild Wings is a chain restaurant in America that, as you would expect, sells Wild Wings. Yeah, and you, Buffalo Wild Wings fits entirely into the beginning of Mama Who Bore Me. Um, it does, and it makes you put emphasis on every syllable in that entire phrase throughout the song. If you just keep singing it, uh huh, it's lots of fun. What like Buffalo Wild Wings? Well, no, you, you do, you do <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo oh. Wild Wings, Buffalo Wild Wings, Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, the, pa- the pajama game. Sing it for the entire show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The pajama game is the game we're in, and we're proud to be in the pajama game. We love it. Can hardly wait to wake and get to work, and it's quite the same as. Jimmy was the pajama game. Pajama game, pajama Hooray. game. Pajama game, pajama that was great. game. That was fun. Yay. Oh, it's nice. Nice to be back. Yeah, nice to be back. Nice to, nice to remember this show. Pajama game was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I still hold it dear. Yeah. Despite of your, un, uh, your, your deep-seated hostility. <sighs> it will never end. But I made the most of that lane, you know? You, you know what you did, Jimmy? You woke them up. Thank you so much. (laughs) I told myself I wouldn't cry. (laughs) Anyway, what are we doing next week? I got a quiz question for you. You ready? Oh my gosh, yes. To our knowledge, the only time the Tony Awards nomination committee has withdrawn a nomination from a production was for next week's show. (gasps) Controversial. Dun-dun-dun. Bing-bing-bing. 
Well, if you would like to get in touch with us, you absolutely can. Come find me over on Twitter. Say hello. I will be at as in Hendrix. And I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. Or you can follow our show Twitter, Jim and Tomic, which is where you can vote for Musical Madness. Sports, sports, sports. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you went to a sports uh, weird it was in new york really <laughs> yes it was a um collegiate basketball match all right all right between columbia and someone else there you go and columbia lost that's sad it is um but hey guess what else you can do you can go to our website and vote there too yeah we'll have the panel um, embedded there it's all the same thing exactly Exactly, and you will also find a link to our Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast. You will also find a link to our Reddit discussion where we will be chatting all about the pajama game. Absolutely, and one of the best ways you can support the podcast is to tell people about us. We love, I absolutely adore Jimmy when we get tweets that are people like, oh my god, I just discovered this podcast. And so if you're the person out there who told someone about our podcast, thank you deeply and truly. Yes absolutely it is so nice it is like it just yeah, getting all those tweets is always just lovely yeah. with people discovering it. It, it to me it still feels weird that people are are still discovering it yeah you know what i mean i felt we'd it, you know i keep thinking well when are we going to run the gamut when is everyone going to be like okay like, we're oh, done. jim and Dominic, i've listened to them Psha! yeah i don't know why exactly. they're the, the burly new york <laughs> man anyway but they will be uh so yes it's lovely so keep keep that up and yeah thank you very much yeah thanks for listening um, and we'll and we will see you next week awesome cracking open another cold one <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.